Welcome to the Pair Program from Hatchpad, the podcast that gives you a front row seat to candid conversations with tech leaders from the startup world. I'm your host, Tim Winkler, the creator of Hatchpad. And I'm your other host, Mike Ruin. Join us each episode as we bring together two guests to dissect topics at the intersection of technology, startups, and career growth. Brian, thanks for, for joining us on the Pair Program. Um, you know, this is a, another bonus episode of a mini series we call How We Hatched. Uh, just a fun discussion to hear a little bit more about your unique career journey, you know, kind of where you came from and, and how you arrived at, at this current point in your seat today as one of the co-founders of Halo, a Halo, a B2C app focused on health and wellness. Um, so first, I always like to start by we get into the foundation of, of who uh, Brian Enriquez is. So kick off with the question, you know, what did what did Brian have for breakfast this morning? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. So actually, right now the answer is nothing. Um, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I uh, I've started recently intermittent fasting. Um, uh, okay, okay. And How's it going? Yeah, it's, it's it's going well. Uh, I've been at it for about a month and a half now. Is this your first time trying something like this? Yes. Uh, so I actually have some autoimmune uh, situations I'm trying to go through, trying to improve on wellness. And yeah, it's actually helped. Um, I, I looked up some, some articles from Johns Hopkins that talks about how intermittent fasting can help reduce inflammation in the body. So I, at one point, it's like, oh, it's one of these fufu shishi like trends, but it's actually like an actual, you know, it's, it had the science behind it. So I'm like, I'll give it a try. Um, I was not trying to lose weight. I ended up losing quite a bit. Um, wow. And I do feel better. So it's going to be something I'm going to try to incorporate moving forward. So how, how long do you go before your first meal? So I try to do, I eat at noon and then I stop eating after 8 p.m. Okay. So it's okay. an eight. Do you, like, as far as like a morning routine, uh, what do you, what do you kind of get into? Do you, do you have a, a, a consistent routine you try to stick to? Yeah. So I think for me, it depends on whether or not I go into the office uh, every day. So at Halo, we're a remote first organization, which means, you know, I mean, the majority of our folks don't work here in Chicago. I'm here. We just moved offices. We're in a, in a new WeWork, which is very nice um, here in the Fulton Market, West Liberty in Chicago. Um, I live like 10 minutes away, so it's really easy. Oh, nice. My routine, if I'm walking, is I try to um, meditate and pray in the morning. Um, so I'll do like one of our Halo sessions. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those users of, of uh, the product that I've made. So part of the, my role is try to share feedback from our users. And that is also me. So I use it every day. Cool. Um, and yeah, so I pray rosary when I walk into work. And when I'm staying here, I, I sort of mix it up. And, you know, before I would eat something for breakfast, now I don't. Um, yeah, so my, when I'm here, I just try to wake up and um, top level things that I have to tackle. I have uh -huh. it ready. I have my, my calendar is one of those things where I have everything time blocked. So people think it looks psychotic. But for <laughs> me, it brings me a sense of peace because I know what I have to do when. Yeah. Um, and it's all color coordinated. So. Yeah. Oh man, you you got it down to science. Time blocks are key. I, I'm always uh you know as a as a small business founder, I'm I gotta block off that morning. Uh, I can't get attacked in the morning by by a bunch of you know meetings and like requests and one on ones. Like that's that's uh, that morning is is super important to just kind of get the day scheduled. You know, make sure you know what you're doing and and get a good start. Um, cool. Well, you know, we um. We always like to start by having you provide, you know, the listeners with a quick, quick overview on, on Halo and, you know, kind of, kind of work you guys are doing, problems you're solving here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think um, we were talking earlier um, before uh, we got started about sort of what is Halo and where did it come from? So really from our perspective, um, the goal is we want to help people pray. That's our mission. That's literally our mission statement is we want to help people pray. Um, the reason is because prayer changed our lives. Um, you know, having the space for meditation and reflecting on, you know, your purpose in life and your relationship with others and your relationship with God is, has been massive. Um, but we came from a background of not really knowing how to do that. Um, and so that's sort of the voice that we try to bring to the app is um, we're going to walk with you. So it's all audio guided, right? So all you do is you open the app, you find a type of session that's attractive to you. You hit play, and then you're going to have one of our guides walk through it might be Francis, who is one of our founding members and is my roommate, um, or it could be Mark Wahlberg. Um, so we've got a, a, an interesting mix of guys in the app um, for different um, yeah, backgrounds and interests. So Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get a little bit more into that uh, throughout the, 
throughout the uh, the discussion. But um, let's flash back a little bit. I I like to I like to peel back the founder's journey uh, before I I dive deeper into the story of 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 the technology or the app. So uh, let's start with uh, the roots for you. You know, where'd you grow up? Uh, What eventually led you down this path to to being a tech entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. I was listening um, to your um, earlier um, podcast with um, Brian from Lauren Studios, the, the video yeah. game studios, and talking about just sort of like, hey, like, where did you come from? And it's interesting, you know, his, his experience of technology and like playing, you know, computers early on that kind of resonated with me. I also loved computers and, and tech growing up. Um, but yeah, so I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, my parents were Puerto Rican, was born there. I left when I was two years old. Moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, lived in Iowa and Missouri and Kansas. Ended up spending most of my time in Mississippi. So I grew up a few years in the coast in Biloxi. Uh, but I say that I'm from Meridian, which is sort of close to the Alabama border. Um, and then I went back to Puerto Rico for a year, came back, graduated high school in Mississippi. Uh, went to Notre Dame. Um, it's a big uh, Irish fan. Um, and uh, and then I ended up working for the government in D.C. So worked in D.C. for four years um, for the Department of Justice. And I, I say that because I was probably the least likely person to be involved on a on a founding team of a startup. So I just wanted to speak into that. You yeah. know, some of your listeners might be like, well, I don't know if that's me. I mean, you know, I studied political science. I did study economics, but. I never visualized myself as an entrepreneur. I never thought that I was, that's just what I was going to be doing. Um, Did it run in the family or anything? Like absolutely you know, parents? Not. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely not. No one, no one to my knowledge has even has started a company. Um, they all have had, you know, great experiences, but this flavor of let's start something from nothing is never something that I inter- even interact with. I don't think I met somebody like I didn't have any friends who had done it or like distant relatives or anything like that. It was truly out of, out of nowhere. And, um, you know, I was working for the government. I mean, when you think about, you know, a startup, it's like the opposite of a startup is, <laughs> yeah. is the federal government. I mean, it, it's something that's been around for, you know, probably 100 to 200 years, depending on what department and, and group and um, the way that they run things. A lot of times is set in stone and there's, you know, different levels of hierarchy. And when you talk about a startup, it's like, it didn't exist. No one knows yeah. what it is. You know, most people know what, you know, the Department of Commerce is or, the, you know, uh, Department of Justice. Um, DEA, like th- those just are things that people are aware of. And so when you're trying to create something that has no recognition, like when we start talking about Halo, like no one knew what Halo was, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to truly go from zero to one as, as Peter Thiel talks about in his book, um, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. So yeah, people just yeah. kind of fall into that first gig out of school, right? I feel like you're just so lost. And, you know, a lot of times you're only, you know, you're not pursuing what you studied. Uh, you just, you got connected by somebody that knew someone who's trying to get a job. So, you know, sounds like you kind of fell into, you know, into the world, you know, into the world of government, you're in the area. Um, yeah. So I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer actually. So I did mock trial in high school and college and I thought, okay, you don't really go into law after graduating, right? You go, you know, sometimes people become a paralegal and I thought, well, I might as well just go and try to work with some lawyers, you know what I mean? And, and try to get an experience. And so when I went to the department of justice, I kind of got that. I got to work on projects with lawyers, which is exactly what I wanted. And then I realized that that was not my calling. Uh, law was not my calling. Um, I just got that the, the things that made me passionate or things that drove, I should say passion um, in the work that I did was more about problem solving and working with others and law sort of the framework of it is just it's different from that. It's more about, research, um, coming together with, with briefs, um, giving counsel to other people that are making decisions. And I was like, that's, that's, that's cool for the people who do it. That's not necessarily what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So then, uh, let's fast forward and, and tell me how you, you know, how you got regrouped with some of your, 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 I guess, co-founders, right? Some, some of your, uh, your friends from school and, uh, how did this idea come to mind? Yeah. So, I mean, again, not us not really knowing. I mean, I certainly didn't have that background. I think so. Alex, um, he's our CEO, Alex Jones, not the one from InfoWars. Um, he was my roommate in college, and we were randomly assigned. Um, uh, at Notre Dame, it's that first year you just get randomly assigned with a roommate. There's no like form you fill out, you just, you know, and he was the person that I met with. And then we had a few people on our floor, um, that ended up also being on the founding team within my dorm. Um, so 
the short answer is we all met in college with the exception of Eric, who I had met Alex briefly. Um, so we were all sort of friends from college. And then we started talking and, and catching up on the weekends sort of um, over the years after we had graduated. So uh, we graduated in 2015 from Notre Dame. And then the idea sort of came around in 2017. Uh, and then we actually started to, you know, put things together uh, and, and really talk about it in 2018. Um, so the, the pre, there was a precursor version of this, uh, of the idea. And then there was the actual idea. So um, the first version was like, oh man, like we can maybe do a blog on like our journey. And so we started, uh, Alex Alessandro and I started a blog that I don't think anyone read. <laughs> I mean, we got like a WordPress <laughs> site and we were like, let's just try to share our experiences and journey with other people that did not work. I mean, we right. had no idea what we were doing. And so then in January of 2018, um, Alex was like, yeah, I mean, why don't we start an app? Because I was, was really impacted in, and my life was changed through prayer and specifically meditative prayer, which is not, it's not that it's not mainstream. It's just maybe not talked about as much. Right. Um, and so then he's, and I was like, yes, that sounds like an amazing idea. Let's do it again. Not really knowing what we were getting ourselves into. Um, and so then we started to develop the app idea in 2018 and then launched it in December of 2018. Um, so this December will officially be five years old. Um, wow. But the, the founding team itself, there's seven of us, um, and we sort of came together through, you know, being friends and like having the right skill sets. Um, so I'm the sort of the, the, the really extroverted person. Um, mm. So my role is head of customer operations. So mm. trying to be the person who spends most time talking with our users and bringing that insight to the different teams at Halo, building community, uh, running our customer support team, running our events. Um, so yeah, so and then in terms of the, the, the makeup, three, the first three people to quit their jobs are the co-founders. And then the next four uh, are the founding team members. So I'm the fourth person. So I'm actually a founding team member. Um, okay. Alex was the first, and then Eric, and then Alessandro, and then me. Uh, so it was a really interesting journey for us. Um, so where you were still kind of consulting, you know, while, you know, the app was really kind of being built in the background. Yeah. So we were all, I mean, we started talking about it in January of 2018 of like, hey, like, let's build this thing. And mm -hmm. then Alex ended up quitting to go to business school in the summer to probably like June ish. Um, and then Eric and Alessandro quit that fall. So they quit in like October, November, cause we did a Kickstarter. That's how we got started. Oh, so interesting. Through, that, through that period, I was sort of working during the day and then working after work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we'd have a, a weekly call um, to just chat, be like, okay, what's the next project? How are we getting feedback? What are we doing? What's this idea? We had um, our first meeting in May. So flew to San Francisco. Um, and we just kind of like hash things out. We had, there was a room of sticky notes. And so it was cool <laughs> because it's like one of those things you see on TV, like, oh, we're starting a startup. Like, let's right. get sticky notes in a room and let's, you know, it actually ended up being really helpful. Um, yeah. A lot of our ideas came from that initial meeting. Um, so, yeah, it's like a scene out of like Silicon Valley, you know, the show. So it's like, a, exactly. You know, I, we were, a bunch, it was funny bunch of college we, guys getting together, brainstorming, yeah, sticky yeah. notes, change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, because it's always interesting to see, um, you know, I kind of think back to like my journey too, is we're, you know, a services company, so it's a little bit different because you can kind of start as an independent consultant, kind of get a client base going before you fully, you know, take that leap and start hiring folks. Whereas like when you're building an app, it's a little bit different, right? You need funding, you, you need some, some, some money to kind of help get you through and, and give you, you know, that, that stability to feel comfortable to, to quit your job and really focus full, full hearted on, on the, on the, the company um and it sounds like kickstarter was your all's you know kind of gave you a, how much did you guys raise like from a from a kickstarter um, uh i think we were like at twenty-seven thousand from the kickstarter okay um, interesting and obviously everybody had kind of saved a little bit of money up and you know yeah well, to so get... that's what i was gonna say that the kickstarter was in november but before then um we each had to look and say all right like how are we gonna fund this and so the answer was our uh 401ks <laughs> so yeah. like had to and you know and i mean we were only a few years out of college so it's not like we had a lot of, i mean i certainly didn't have a lot of, i don't alessandro and a few others were in different industries um so the pay different was the, there was a pay difference but i think none of us were you know sitting on a lot of money so right. we had to rely on that for you know the first few uh iterations of, of building it and getting people to help us. So we got some contractors early on that ended up becoming employees later. Um, so okay. that worked out really, really well. The Kickstarter was there. Um, we, and then we did a seed 
round, which is amazing, uh, about a year and a half later. Um, and that really was able to kind of push us um, to the the next rounds that we we've closed. So. Cool. And, um, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, what your inspiration was. I think we, we kind of talked a little, about, a little bit offline, but, you know, you guys were scratching your, your own itch here. Um, but um, I think you had mentioned that, you know, one of the other fa- founders had been using Headspace or something, right? And it was kind of a, a game changing experience, I think, uh, when, you, when you think about that type of technology, that app. Um, was that one of the big influencers with, with how you wanted to build? Yeah. So, I mean, I think. Um there was two things going on at the time. So Alex, it was his idea. Um, he was the one who had used headspace and was f- found it helpful um, because it, it sort of helps you um, find silence um, and which a lot of times people don't have silence in their days, you know, cause it's, it's this constant news feed, it's mm-hmm. the notifications, it's the emails, it's the, whatever the TikToks or the Instagram reels. So that was helpful for him to create a, a mind space, if you will, to mm-hmm. think about what he truly believed in. And I think for, for him, before that had happened with the meditation, it sort of, he was, he was searching, trying to understand what he really believed. And that was one of the catalysts that helped him realize that he wanted to pray. And I think that's, that is one of the differences between the apps is when you talk about Headspace, you're really thinking about the mindfulness meditation and the silence. Whereas mm-hmm. Hal, it was really like, how do you have a conversation with God? How do you pray? Um, and so he was like, well, we don't, there's not really an app for that. I mean, obviously there's some apps that give you like Bible verses and there's some Christian apps out there that are, uh, non-denominational Christian apps, but there was nothing that was like a Catholic focused app. And there were so many traditions and, and things that are in the church for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, sometimes that just weren't, I, at least we thought like, I never had a priest go up, get up and, and say, you should do Lectio Divina. Like I had no idea what that was. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out it's a way to meditate and reflect on scripture, which is really powerful. Um, and so that, yeah, that was sort of the inspiration was like, okay, there's this format that worked well for me, but it's missing something. And I need that something. Why don't we build that something? And so that was one of the things that was happening. The second thing at the same time, so at work, I, again, I was at the department of justice. One of the things that I was tasked with was looking at the mental health wellness needs of operators in the branch of the department of justice. And so these operators, um, you know, sometimes they defuse bombs, they rescue hostages. Um, they have to negotiate, you know, with people who, who, um, are difficult to negotiate with. Sure. Um, and so they have stressful jobs. Um, and we were trying to figure out, you know, what's the state of, of, of them. And we found that, uh, of all the things that we recommended, um, a few things were interesting. One, mental health and resiliency so when you phrase something as mental health it's like uh, like that's there's a stigma attached to it sure when you talk about mental resiliency it's actually people want to grow in it because they think of it's like oh it's a muscle like i'm going to become stronger so that really resonated with people and then the other thing was doing mindfulness meditation and just kind of finding silence and and so there was actual benefits in terms of the heart rate and things you could measure and so i from that experience when he, he was talking about this i was like yeah man like i've seen this work in the um, sort of secular context. And so there's no reason why it can't work in the religious context as well if we combine some of these techniques with, um, you know, the experiences of, of uh, and the teachings of the Catholic faith. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from uh, initially to kind of develop the first version of it. Yeah, it's really a fascinating space because I think you all hit it at a, a really uh, instrumental time. Uh, I would say that mindfulness is becoming, you know, like around when Headspace, I started tapping into Headspace, maybe say 2017, um, 2018, something around that time. And, and uh, meditation and mindfulness was, was really popping off, I'd say. Um, so you guys kind of got into it, I think, at a, and, and rode a, 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 an early rising wave where it was kind of cool, you know, like people, you know, especially younger folks were like really getting into that. Um, and, you know, to bring it back to, um, you know, Catholicism at large, something that, you know, I was, you know, talking to you about offline was, you know, you know, raised Catholic and, you know, as a younger individual, you know, going to a Catholic church, you know, they had like CCD, right? They had like, you know, you could go and watch the, the videos um, while, you know, while maybe, you know, the, your, your parents were, uh, you know, actually in the sermon. Um, but the, the reality was it was just you know, it can oftentimes be really challenging for younger folks to, to find 
the Catholic religion engaging, um, you know, and, and so when I was doing my research on the app and, you know, downloading and, 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 you know, engaging with it, I was like, this is really catering to this, like, you know, younger generation of Catholics. Um, and I think there's a movement with that too. And kind of like marrying the, you know, the mindfulness and, uh, religion and, and blending that together. It's a really fascinating concept. I'll obviously say like, you know, B2C apps at large are extremely difficult to get traction for. Um, did you all, you know, did you, was, was there, um, those conversations happening around, like just, you know, talking to investors or just doing your own research of like, what's it going to take, uh, to be successful here? Um, and did you get, you know, discouraged at all? I'm, I'm always interested in those early stages of you hear, you know, this is the type of traction you're going to need. Uh, yeah. here's the fail rate. You know, how do how do those conversations flow? Certainly, um, difficult, you know, so I think, I mean, there's the stat that gets thrown around that's like, you know, 90% of startups fail within two years. Um, and in particular, you know, B2C apps are tough. You got to really mm -hmm. have a strong sense of marketing and how you're going to distribute it. And you got to really watch your, your, uh, your CACs, you know, your cost acquire versus mm -hmm. the LTV. And like, that's got to make sense. Um, so, yeah. So initially, um, Alex sort of uh, was the one who took on these conversations and he had came back and shared with us like how they went basically yeah. i think it was something like the first 50 or 60 like initial seed conversations where where people saying like you know this is a stupid idea this is not going to go anywhere sure um, and i mean that's that's a lot of conversation i mean it's it was dozens and dozens and dozens of just no 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 it's a lot of rejection <laughs> and you know i mean uh, alex was like look god like i believe that this is what you wanted me to do right like i need like i'm gonna trust you and please like show me the way and i kid you not like immediately after that like the next day or two he got an, uh an email um and a term sheet um from susan wow. ventures um who they've been fantastic uh and then once we got one term sheet we were able to get more and then we closed our seed we closed our series a i mean it it was really um amazing uh and i so i think part of it was like divine providence um <laughs> yeah but also it's sort of the what i was talking about earlier the I think the authenticity just really comes through, especially in a Kickstarter video, because just it was Eric and Alex, um, the two of them were just like, hey, like, we're starting this thing. And, you know, again, we're not like. Eric and Alex uh, and myself, we were not really people who would consider ourselves super religious or like, I mean, yeah, we would go to church, but like it wasn't something that we were very engaged in. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is. That the people could see themselves in that. Like, hey, I wasn't very engaged. And then check it out. I did this app and I, and I learned how to pray. And I think for us, you know, having that base routine of that habit, that ritual of, hey, I'm going to, I'm praying and I'm meditating every day enabled us to then understand and take much more out of the actual services. So as before, I was like, I don't understand. Why is there a red candle? Why does he look like, why is he dressed like a wizard? Why does he, why do he have these robes? I don't get <laughs> right. it. And then when you start to actually pray, you're like, oh, I now understand where this all comes from. Um, it's from the Judeo-Christian roots. So it goes back to thousands of years to like the time of Moses um, of like these robes and what it means to be a priest. And so anyway, so I, I guess my point is some people are like, oh, are you trying to be like a replacement for or a substitute for religion? Like in, in terms of like uh, going to church. And I think for us, absolutely not. We want people to pray. And certainly if you're not a Catholic, that, that's okay. If you're not a Christian, that's okay. Like, that was one of my questions. It, is it kind of catering to uh, yeah. other, like Christians and like uh, just... 100%. So I think okay. we really struggle with that. It's like, how do we, how do we be authentic? That was one of our big things. We want to be authentic. And we said, look, we are all Catholic, so we can't pretend to be something we're not. And the experiences that we had are rooted in the Catholic faith. So we have to stick, stay true to that. We want to be inclusive and we want to welcome other people of, of different Christian denominations and even people who aren't Christian as well. Now that's trickier because obviously like the content is focused on Christ. So if if you're not, uh, if you don't follow Christ, then it, you know, it's, it's a little different, but I've had people, you know, explain and tell me that they, they, they're not Christians and they still find it useful. So, mm -hmm. um, that's exciting to me. Um, just the way that we've structured the content, I think resonates with a lot of people. It's less on like preaching and it's more on let's have an experience together. And yeah. we have some soothing voices, amazing people to pray with. And then just like that experience of like, oh, wow, I, I'm, I'm experiencing something and I literally feel better. And so I think that kind of like is not as scary for a lot of people because it's not like 
you know, pray whatever, four decades of the rosary, go. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to, you know, it's worse. Like just press play and listen and just like, let it kind of wash over you. I think that really resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point because, you know, one of the things that I think is always a bit of a turnoff for somebody that, you know, I kind of look at myself as a little bit of a religious mutt, you know, I grew up Catholic, you know, transitioned into non-denominational Christian may or may not have been a cult. I'm not sure it was one of those like really intense non-denominational Christian churches kind of got turned off. Lived in uh, Bali, Indonesia, uh, kind of got entrenched in a, in a Hindu environment for two years, came back home, um, you know, started to really you know, try to explore what, what, what else is, is out there um, without losing sight of what I had experienced in the past. And one of the things that always kind of turned me off, I think, would be when people were really preaching and they're like, it's almost like it's it's a selling. You're really trying to sell me like a car salesman here on 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 why why you. Um, I like when you say it's like you know we're not here to preach to you, you know, and and make sure like you know you know that this is the way. It's more of like let's have this experience together and like reinforce you know whatever it is that you're you're pursuing. Like we want to kind of like help you with that versus you know this is the way it is. You know, I think that's yeah, and I I think. Again, you know, we have a really wide variety of content. I think Mark Wahlberg's content is great because his his content is just like, let's let's get after it. Like the mentality is <laughs> like, let's conquer the day, like let's seize the day. Like that person really resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. We have content that is like more on the meditation side, which is like experiencing something in silence or like reflecting mm-hmm. on something. Um, but then if there's people, so if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not religious, like I don't understand why these people are talking about religion. It's like, look, I think the, the core of what we're talking about is we wrestled with what is, what is the meaning of life and like, where's my purpose? And I've noted, and I've had, I have friends who aren't religious, but I think the core of it and the message that I think everybody can take away from is what I, my experience is you have to search, you have to wrestle with it. I think some people kind of like, they focus on other things. They think about their career or about whatever it is, their family. And they never yeah. stop to think about like, what is it that I truly believe? Like what happens after I die? Uh, right. You know, which we're all going to die. So it's something's going to happen. <laughs> and just kind of wrestling with it and being like, what is it that I truly believe? How do I want to live my life? Like, I right. think that, so I, there's a CEO of Allstate who gave a talk recently and, um, and he leads a company of whatever. I mean, they probably have like 50,000 people, if not more. And one of the most successful things that he talked about um, that Tom was mentioning in his talk was. It's like half day retreat, full day retreat that they do. I think it's, I think it's a day and a half mm. and it's for the entire company. And it's um, about understanding what motivates you in life. And it's like, it's not like a faith thing, but it's a values thing. It's like, where do you get your energy? What, what makes you passionate? Where do you feel like you're most alive? Where do you feel like you're most dead? Like wrestling with that. And he said, it's been the single biggest thing that's driven retention and just um, employee satisfaction and they look forward to it every year and again it's like there's people of all faith backgrounds but that wrestling with like what is it that I believe like what what gets me out of bed every day like right. how can I find my passion and my meaning is super important and I feel like if anything you walk away with is I would just encourage you to spend a few more minutes thinking about that if you haven't been yeah yeah and and uh you know a lot of folks you know maybe that doesn't hit them until a certain stage in life, right? So I just had a our first uh, child, my wife and I. We had oh, a, a daughter. Yeah, thanks. She just turned seven months today, actually. And um, you know, one of the things that kind of sparked us to to reengage in our faith, right, was we we want to raise uh, our daughter in a you know some sort of a religious household, right? You know, I think there's order to it, and it's a, a, a family bonding experience. Uh, surround yourself with a community. And for us, you know, so it started with light, like praying at, at night before dinner, you know, and, um, you know, t- taking those small things, but then, you know, pr- pushing yourself further, like kind of like what you're alluding to is really challenge yourself to think, you know, uh, about some deep, deep shit. <laughs> There's going to be yeah. things that are really going to uh, come up. And, you know, when, when you have another person that, that you're responsible for. Um, it kind of forces you to, you know, think forward uh, versus maybe you just get comfortable if it's just you and you're just, yeah, whatever. So I think, um, you know, it's certainly, it sounds like it's, it's catering to, you know, younger, uh, is it, is it catering to younger generations? Would you say most, a lot of your users are 
younger or what does the user base look like? It's super interesting. So we don't, as our onboarding, we don't ask for age. So the short answer is we don't know with 95% degree of, of accuracy, the, the user base distribution. We've done surveys and we've talked to our users. And what's fascinating is the user distribution, I would have thought is like a massive spike of like 18 to 35 and then like much lower because it's a, it's a tech app, but it's not. Um, it's actually relatively distributed. There is, a, I would say, a bump of like, you know, 18 to 35 in terms of users, but it's pretty smooth in terms of the distribution uh, across ages with some of our most engaged users being over 65, which I would never have guessed. Wow. Um, I think the intuition exactly. there is everybody gets something out of it. It's a little bit different. So I think folks that are in that over 65, you know, they have more time. Um, they are sort of in the end of life chapter. So they're like, okay, these like next 30 years might, or, or whatever might be my last. So I need to think through like what happens next. And so it kind of prompts them. Um, I think the middle group is kind of what you're talking about. We've noticed that marriage, having children triggers like a desire of like, what do I really believe? Because I now have to, I have to pass something on. I either right. pass like God's not real or like God's real. And it's this one or that one. Like you have to, you have to say something. Um, yeah. Or you could let them figure it out on their own, but like, how do you, how do you walk with them in that journey of life? I think is something that everyone can kind of wrestle with or, or needs to wrestle with in that, in that stage. And so I just wanted to add something to the earlier comment. Um, I remember I, I, so I went to Yale for, um, for my, my MBA. Um, so graduated uh -huh. in 2021. Um, and I'm happy to talk about that experience. I know some of your listeners might be wondering like, okay, well, I want to go to business school. I'm not really sure. Do I get a master's degree? Do I get a business degree? So definitely I wrestled with that. But there was this one class and it was kind of like uh, an orientation class that I thought was fascinating. And one of the, the talks resonated with me because the guy, similar background to you, his dad mm -hmm. was a pastor actually. So he said, hey, you know, my dad was a pastor. I didn't know what I believed and I was kind of wrestling with it. But one thing he told me that I'll never forget, he said that because his dad was a pastor, he was invited to a lot of people's final moments, right? It's like, hey, this person's about to pass and like, let's have the pastor just come by and like be with you so that you're not alone, pray over you as you, as you pass away. And he said, you know, the one thing that he said is the most common thing on someone's deathbed is talking about the things that they didn't do. Mm -hmm. And they, and the regret of like, I didn't do this thing. I wanted to start that business. I didn't do it. I wanted to write that book. I didn't do it. I wanted to, you know, make that trip and I didn't do it. And so he's like, that really motivated me because I'm like one. And Jeff Bezos talks about this, like how he makes decisions. He likes to think of it, of it like 40 years from now, looking back, kind of like the pre-mortem, like what would I have regretted if I right. did or didn't do this thing? And he's like, that motivated me to start a company. And he started a company and it failed. And he was like, <laughs> I was in my pajamas in my mom's, uh, my, my, my parents' dinner table, and uh, I, we failed. But, you know, but I don't have the regret of not trying. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, it's like, wrestle with it. I, I, I certainly don't think everybody's called to be an entrepreneur. I think it's something that's probably one of the hardest things you can do. Um, very risky. But, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're wrestling with it, just consider that. Um, you know, think about yourself in the future and what motivates you. Again, what makes you – what what drives passion in your life? Is it creating something? Is it trying something new? And you just haven't had the experience. But certainly right. that, that was my case, right? Like I hadn't had the opportunity to build something. I was in the government and there's not, a, a, in my part of the government, in my, my department, there wasn't really a space for that to build something from scratch. Um, certainly if you're, I don't know, if you're in the Pentagon and like you're in some research division, you can probably build something from scratch with a lot of money. But sure. where I was working with lawyers, it's like, uh, you know, that, that experience of like building an app or building something was just not possible. So it's almost like I, I never had the opportunity to know if I wanted or not. And I just had, I, yeah, we just took a leap of faith and, and thankfully it's, it's worked out. Um, we just closed our series C uh, about a, a few months ago. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's really cool. Uh, really cool feedback. I, 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 I think about that as well. And, you know, I read a lot of books around, you know, that exact moment of the folks, uh, their biggest regret um, is, you know, wish I hadn't just kept putting in those extra hours at work, you know, when I could have spent more time with my family uh, or something like that, right? That's usually a most, a really common one as well, which, 
entrepreneurs, you're going to put in some work, you know, and it's not going to be uh, that that smooth sailing. But the the reality is, it, it, you could have a a bigger payout. Uh, retirement could come a little earlier if you're putting in the 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 sweat and the the tears in those earlier stages. But the regret piece, I think, is is a is a fascinating point. Um, right, I'm going to uh, wrap up a couple more questions here before we we transition to the the five second scramble. But you know, just a couple of quick hitters on on Hallow. You know, I guess how many downloads? You know, rough estimate you guys uh, have at this point. Yeah. So the last time I checked, we we cracked 11 million globally. Um, wow. So that's wild. Yeah, it's very. And very- yeah, you're you're you guys are you know in hundreds of countries. I'd imagine folks are are. Yeah. So the way it works is any country you can download an app, um, you can use it. So I mean, there's I I think we have users in like Qatar and Saudi Arabia and like all these other nations, even though we don't have it in Arabic, for example. Um. So we're we're global in that sense, but in terms of languages, we have English, we have Spanish, we have Brazilian Portuguese, um, we have Filipino Tagalog, uh, we have Polish, we have some stuff in Latin, and then we're launching in French, German, and Italian in the next uh, few months. So wow, and you've got some some pretty you know big big partnerships and collaborations. You 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 mentioned Mark Wahlberg is one, um, you know. How do you go about that? How do you snag uh, Mark Wahlberg to 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 use the, the app and and then you know engage him to to lead some of these sessions? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. We've had folks like um, Joe Montana. He was one of our first um, investors as an angel investor, legend. Um, who's who's great? Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean it, it sort of depends. So we have um, the actor who plays Jesus in the Chosen. It's a popular streaming mm-hmm. series. Uh, his name is Jonathan Rumi. It's he's becoming bigger and bigger. Obviously, we have Mark Wahlberg, and we've had a few other people that uh, Mario Lopez um, and some some other folks that have been gracious enough to give their time um, and and energy to help our project. And really, it's sort of like an all of the above. Like some of them have just been we've reached out through an agent, and then the agent uh-huh. connects us. Some of it has been like we we know somebody who goes to their church, and we're like, hey, do you want to work for Hal or do you want to work with Hal? Right. And they're like, yeah, Hal is cool. And so it's cool because it's, it's, it, again, it appeals to a wide range of people because we have clergy in the app. So we have like cardinals and archbishops. And we also have, again, like Mark Wahlberg or Jonathan, sure. or people who don't have any formal, you know, role in, in the church. Um, and again, it's just, we're trying to create something and it, it's like, well, how do you be inclusive and not water down the message? Well, we've landed on is like, we want to be authentic. So this is who we are. So we're not going to shy away from it. But we mm-hmm. want to be as welcoming as possible. And just I think the format of the app is what enables that. So that's why I think people want to work with us is they're like, oh, okay, this is a little different. Like the way that this happens, the way that you experience a session in Halo uh, is resonating with a much larger audience. And again, some people think like, oh, it's the younger audience. But again, we've had some of our people or power users that are over 65. I had a, I had a call. There was a, there was a uh, I guess, a girl who, was, who just turned 18. And then there was a woman who uh, was 81 on the same wow. call. And they were both were like, oh, I love Hallow. And I'm like, it just kind of struck me. I was like, that is crazy. That is With wild. The wide range. Both, both find something valuable in it is, is kind of unique. So That's crazy. That's, that's so cool to see that diverse user base. Um, and you just mentioned, yeah, you guys just snagged a Series C recently. Um, total funding, what, where are you sitting at right now? Uh, we're at 105. Um, so we've closed 105 million in funding um, through our seed A, B, and C, which is awesome. Cool. Some big names um, too, like Peter Thiel's in there, uh, investor. Yes, yeah. We just closed with uh, Goodwater Capital. Um, Eric, yeah, is fantastic. Um, so yeah, and General awesome. Catalyst has been really good with us and a few others. So, um, and and from a headcount yeah. perspective, you know what's you know you're. You're, you guys are scaling up. Uh, what's the size of this operation? How many employees are, are a part of this thing? Yeah, so I think right now we're hovering between 60 and 65, um, but we're also hiring. And so it's kind of like in flux um, with the Series C. That was one of our goals is to do a hiring push. So, you know, right now between contractors and employees, um, we're probably just shy of 100. Okay. Um, with, you know, by the end of the year, we'll probably have, we'll be over 100 for sure um, with all the hiring that we're doing. What what areas are you hiring in? Oh, I mean, we got across the board all of this, all of the stuff. Yeah, but now we've been at this for a few months, so some of the roles have been closing. So um, we've been hiring everything from growth marketing um, for Latin America 
we've got um, our content writing position was some of the most uh, applied to position. So that's like writing the actual content that gets um, into the app. Um, oh, cool. We're hiring for people to help our B2B sort of our partnerships team to help scale that operation. Um, we're building a team to help um, parishes. So sort of like offering Hallow as a, like a course or an experience that mm. pastors can bring to their, like to the parishioners. Like, hey, you, you know, do Hallow as, as a parish community, for example. Interesting. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'm hiring for some customer support people on the customer support team. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of like all over the board as we, as we grow. Are you, are you hiring up any, uh, like in areas of tech, uh, engineering, uh, product? Yes. Tech? Yes. We have, um, so we're, we're going to a new model, um, of what we call them pods. So it's going to mm-hmm. be a pod focused on community, a pod focused on retention, and then a pod focused on sort of growth. Um, and so we're hiring, yeah, you know, new engineers for those roles, Android and, and iOS. Um, we're also hiring designers um, as well. So uh, one of the things that makes Halo, uh, I think, so successful is the visual appeal of it. Like when you open the app, it's just a visually beautifully designed app. Um, sure. The illustrations really are, I think, awesome. And they help sort of like lower the barrier. It's like, oh, like it's, it's, it's welcoming. It's like, oh, yeah, I, like I want to spend time meditating with this, uh, with this app. So, wow. Yeah, it's a really fascinating app. Um, re- definitely recommend any, uh, any of our listeners out there to 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 give it a download, ex- tinker with it. Uh, love, I'm sure loves your feedback on, on it. Um, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work. I lo- love um, I love people innovating in a space that, for one, like it's, you know, it's important to me. Um, you know, I was really thrilled uh, to to see something like this popping up. Have you seen anything else out there like it? Have you seen anybody kind of you know, mimicking what you're doing right now or uh, anything else that's that's similar? Yeah, it's weird because um, on the one hand, like, so our mission is to help people pray. And we've talked about this is like, it's not really competitive. Like if somebody else right. <laughs> makes another app that helps people pray, that's like, I mean, more power to you. Um, so I know that there's a few apps that are that have come out. So Ascension is one of our partners. They've been great with us. Um, so Father Mike Schmitz, um, he's like widely considered to be one of the most um, followed priests in the u.s and mm. he actually had a podcast called um bible in a year and when that launched um i believe it was in 2021 it was the number one podcast across all podcasts for like i think two weeks Whoa. in apple so like for i guess across all their podcasts it was like this priest reading the bible was like the most listened to thing which is crazy wow so probably makes me great he's in our app as well so you can listen to bible in, year in our app they launched their own version which is more of like a bible like video type thing where you can like you know um how if you do specific questions about the faith like that's that's an app that you can kind of go to so um that's been a new thing that's come out recently i know uh there's another app called the amen app um so they're tied to the augustine institute which is like a larger institution and the way that they run things they have they offer courses um for people who are interested in getting degrees um so yeah it's it's kind of interesting it's like look i mean if you're going to use an app that helps you pray like i don't i don't care who you use (laughs) we want obviously want hallow to be the best but if something else, if some other group offers something that we don't have, then for sure. I forgot to ask, um, I guess, how is the, uh, is it monetized? Do you all offer like a, a plus uh, membership, like less ads or anything like that? Like how, how are you all monetizing? Yeah. So we, we don't sell any user data. So there's no, and there's no advertisement in the app. So there's no ads. Um, the way that we make money is through an optional subscription. Um, so it's seventy nine ninety nine uh, a year for the annual plan, or ninety nine ninety nine for the month to month plan. Um, there's also a totally free version, so you can download it. And if you're like, I I don't want to pay for anything, there's the free version that has content that's free forever. So some mm-hmm. apps offer like just a limited free trial, but Halo has a an, you know content that's free forever, so you won't ever be kicked out of it. We also offer a free trial and a paid trial of the premium stuff. So if you want to try it out for a bit. There's options you can sort of design your trial. You can toggle it to be free or paid. Um, so yeah, we have options for everyone. Sweet, yeah, love the flexibility on that. Um, well, cool, man. I, I've got a a boatload of other questions, but uh, you know, in the essence of uh, you know, keeping uh, keeping your time uh, uh, top of mind, I'm gonna uh, stop there and I'll transition us into this final segment called the five second scramble. Um, so this will be a little bit more of a just a little fun you know, rapid fire Q and a, some, some personal, some business, uh, you ready for it? Go for it. All right. 
So explain Hallow to me as if I were a five-year-old. Hallow is a fun way to talk to the big man upstairs. <laughs> Sold, man. Sold. What problems are you solving? I don't know where to start. I don't know how to pray. Um, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Uh, I'm, I'm by myself, and I want to pray with somebody else. Perfect. What aspect of your culture do you most fear losing with growth? I, I hate when people say family, but um, we have a, a culture where, like, I was just with a team. We were bowling last night, nice. and it's easy to forget that they're coworkers. It's like, oh, these are, these are my friends. Um, and as you grow, that's something that we want to keep. What'd you bowl? like 72 like i'm like not very good yeah like i was trying to get to 100 and i just kept throwing it into the gutter yeah usually you have like somebody that's just like you're clearly killing it maybe bringing their own shoes and then the folks that are just like i just want to get this thing down the lane um what trait do you value most in your co-founders data-driven decision making nice what type of technologist thrive at Hallow? I'd say people who are hungry to solve difficult problems. What can folks be most excited about with Hallow closing out 2023 and, and going into 2024? Hallow is going to be is can be described as a single player game. We're moving it to a multiplayer game. So the biggest thing is how you can interact with and walk with in a prayerful way uh other users from around the world so really excited about how we're going to be able to do that neat what is a charity or corporate philanthropy that's near and dear to you uh i'd say cafe charities um they are really active here in chicago um they do a lot with the homeless um which yeah is a cause that i really care about aside from hello what's the favorite app on your phone I would, I would have said TikTok, um, but I had to delete it because I was just on it too much. Um, just too much. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, right, delete TikTok and, and add threads, right? Is that how yeah, it works? Well, gonna... so, something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have now been using uh, Instagram Reels and, and, and YouTube Shorts. But yeah, I, believe it or not, YouTube Music. Okay, yeah. so it, it's a controversial topic. People make fun of me for it. Um, I love YouTube Music. Uh, I'm probably one of their... Uh, it was like, well, you're probably one of their only premium subscribers. I think they have more than just a few, um, but that's my favorite app. My go-to music app is YouTube Music. So like with the music videos too, is that? So for me, it's it... just, I grew up like creating, you, like when YouTube started, uh, yeah. I put my songs and music in like YouTube playlists. And uh -huh. so then it was easy for me to just port those into YouTube Music. So I still have my original playlists from like whenever ago. Whereas Spotify or like whatever Pandora, you have to create your new ones. And I was like, I don't want to create my new ones. So right. that's why. Yeah. I, I gotcha. What's the worst fashion trend that you've ever followed? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember the brand Affliction. Yeah. It's like sure. uh, Chris Angel style yeah. clothing. I would... <laughs> I was obsessed with it for a few years. And like looking back, I'm like, why did I wear that? That's just totally not my personality. <laughs> so I think uh, for me, I don't know if it was a trend, but I noticed, you know, I, I certainly wasn't the only one wearing it. And um, no, maybe some people could pull it off. I, I, I for sure couldn't pull it off. And no one, no one was, had the mercy to tell me. They were just like, no, let's just let him, you know, seep it until he realizes his mistake. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, what do you love most about yourself? Hmm. Um, I would say that this is, I've been told this, so I feel like I can say this zest for life, contagious mm -hmm. zest for life. Like I like to share my excitement and passion with other people and it gets them motivated. And I think that's what I like about myself the most. I love that zest for life. It's a good, it's a good slogan. Good life slogan. Um, all right, a couple more here. So, um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh man. I would, this is one of the icebreaker questions that we ask and I, I go back and forth on just like generically flying is just like, it's just so cool. You know, just people so fly cool. from different places, but people are like, well, you can already fly. You can just get on a plane. I'm like, yeah, but like, 
you can't like fly yeah. and whatever. And so I've, I've landed on flying because I, I picked up skiing. So it'd be uh, cool to like ski off of a mountain and then like fly back and then do it again, you know, uh, for sure. So I think that would yeah. be kind of sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The folks that just say like, you just get on a plane, it's like, all right, you're, you're not playing by the rules here. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, soups and powers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you have day one day left to live, would you spend it with Morgan Freeman or Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, right answer. And Denzel, if you're listening, we would love to have you in the hell app. And Morgan too, <laughs> but I mean Morgan has hey, a great voice. Um, I mean Morgan's voice. Hey, they're both great voices, but Morgan's voice is like <sighs> talk about mellow me out. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I just feel like like Morgan is one of those guys that like you see and you're like I respect you, you know, like I see what you're doing. Denzel, I feel like could be like like an uncle to me. You know what I'm saying? Like like a, yeah, like a close friend. Just kind of know. just grab you under under know. his yeah. arm and yeah, go, going out hard with him. All right, last one. Favorite Disney character. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. Um, for the longest time, it was Aladdin because he was uh-huh. brown, and I was like, "Oh, he's brown <laughs> like me." So- <laughs> Dude, Aladdin's my favorite. Oh, there you go. Yeah, for reasons. It wasn't yeah. the brown. It wasn't the brown. It was just the. I think the magic carpet, man. It went back to the flying thing. Yeah, yeah. No, the whole thing. I mean, you know, yeah. Jasmine's beautiful, and like you know, uh, the whole. Anyway, yeah, magic carpet was yeah. pretty dope. So, yeah, <laughs> well, well, uh, well played. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us, Brian. Uh, excited for the future. What you guys are building at Hallow, and um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you know, with that team of of, of an all star kind of cast, you're you're going to be super successful. So we're rooting for you guys and. Thanks for hanging out with us on the pod. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me.